Yeah, I mean, it, it is it's kind of exciting and a little bit frightening when you are just sort of browsing around the internet and you'll just come across a page for some product that you own or some service that you use and you see that their website is actually running the platform that, that you built. You know, it's kind of like, whoa, that's cool. Welcome, everybody, to the Happy Dog Soundbites podcast. Today's guest is Andy Miller. Uh, let me tell you really quick about Andy Miller and how I got to know him, and then I'll pass it over to him, and he can introduce himself a little bit better than I can. Uh, I met Andy years and years ago at a technology conference. Uh, there's a content management system called Joomla that uh, I went to a few conferences around the country, and I happened to run into Andy at some of these conferences. In fact, we spoke uh, together at conferences as well. Um, since then, we've, we've stayed in touch and it's been fun watching him go from being a co-founder of Joomla to uh, a winding journey down to this great content management system called Grav that can do a lot of different things. So um, without further ado, I'd, I'd like to welcome you, Andy, to the podcast. And uh, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Sure. Um, hi. Um my um, experience in um, the web development world goes back a long time. Um, I actually started doing uh, web development uh, when I went to university and around uh, 1993. <laughs> and the web was very, very, um, it was early, early days. And, um, you know, the, the browsers were rudimentary. The HTML was very rudimentary. And I started doing uh, web development then, and I just sort of, you know, fell in love with it. You know, I kind of could foresee what it might become in the future. Um, not quite, you know, like a visionary kind of, you know, thing. But I mean, I I knew that it would be big, so I I invested all my time in it, and I got a job doing um, these um, HTML-based training um, CD-ROMs. Uh, that was one of my college jobs, and it. It paid pretty well, and it gave me lots of free time um, to experiment and and to learn HTML and and you know web technologies. And I did my senior project in uh, Java, which wasn't even a released language at the time. It was very much a, a beta language that was new and kind of exciting. Um, yeah, and then from there, I went on and I I got a job as a as a webmaster, <laughs> um, which is a term you don't hear too much anymore. But um, you know, back then it was it was kind of like a trendy thing to be, and I was the webmaster of um, of Exxon Corporation, which was a, a big responsibility. But they didn't have anybody at the company that knew an anything about the internet, um, so they were hiring people for the first time in several years, and that was my job. I was the, the uh, webmaster of the of the of the corporate website, which we had to build, and also the corporate firewall and proxy server and maintaining all that stuff. And there was like a beta program um, to actually um, have access to the internet. It was a, you know, quite a, you know, quite a trendy thing for that company to have this, this access to the internet. And I remember, cause it was like a, like a one um, a megabyte connection for the whole corporation. It was ridiculous. Um, yeah. So from then on, I, I kind of, I, I didn't really like the corporate structure. So I, I quickly moved on to, um, a startup doing consulting. Um, 
you know, consulting type type work, uh, building websites for clients. And I just continued on with some several startups and um, I ended up at um, Hewlett Packard. And it wasn't a choice that I had made. I kind of was working at a startup that got absorbed by Hewlett Packard. And again, I was in the corporate world again, and I didn't like that that much either. So from that point on, I just decided that I was going to uh, do my own thing. And um, I was playing around with doing themes for some older content management systems like uh, PostNuke, if you remember that one. Um, so I had a theme and it was quite popular. And then I was just really frustrated with the, um, with the state of the, of the UI for it. So I went in search of, uh, of another content management system and I came across Mambo and I was very, um, you know, uh, I was wowed by the quality of of uh, the admin compared to all the other systems out there. And I just kind of got more involved in that and I kind of became a member of the core team um, after doing some themes for uh, Mambo. And then I, I'm sure people have heard of the whole um, spork that happened when Mambo kind of went in two directions, one in the direction of Miro, who was the copyright owner of the name Mambo. And then we started uh, Joomla when we forked it and basically started Joomla. So I was a member of that um, august group that started Joomla way back when. And at that time, I started going to a lot of conferences. And I think that was when I met you, Ryan. Um, and I think you know, probably at one of those Linux expos or, or something like that was probably the first time. And then obviously at the CMS expos that we'd, that we went to. Um, yeah. So I was involved in that and, um, um, I, it just, you know, it, it got a little crazy for a while. There was, you know, it got, it was this crazy growth that we had in the Joomla project and, and then there was a lot of people involved and then politics sort of came into it and I, I wasn't really interested in that. So I went off and I did, um, I continued to do themes under the uh, um, Rocket Theme banner, which was my company at the time, uh, still is. Um, and I ran that, well, I mean, it's been running for 15 years, I think, something nice. like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have to think about it. Uh, it's been so long. Um, but, th but then I was getting, you know, about five years ago, I was getting frustrated with C uh, CMSs again, sort of stagnating and not really solving the problems I, I was looking to have solved. So, um, I looked around, couldn't really find anything that I thought fit the bill. So I, um, I started to write my own, uh, flat file system, uh, written in PHP, um, that was focused on speed, uh, and easy to extend. And that ultimately became uh, Grav. And um, it was funny because I would be going to these Joomla conferences still from time to time. And um, I would, you know, kind of want to talk about Grav because it was much more exciting than the Joomla subjects. <laughs> um, so then I would talk to, you know, some people about it and they were like, wow, is, is that available? I'm like, no, I'm just sort of playing around. It's, it's on a GitHub, but it's not released or anything. And they were asking for access to it. And, and it kind of just sort of, you know, it became a project. I knew I never really intended it to be uh, like a like a major open source project. It was more just a a fun thing for me to do for my own stuff. Um, yeah, and then it just kind of took off from there because lots of people found it um, solved their problems um, and you know their frustrations. 
Um, so for the last few years, we've been, you know, improving uh, Grav, doing lots of releases. Um, and then to support that, we started a, a business called Troby Media, which is basically a professional services arm of, of uh, Grav. So we can provide, you know, help with uh, site development and custom plugins or support or hosting or, you know, whatever you might need around uh, Grav, but it's very focused on Grav. So that helps fund nice. the development. Perfect. And I'm going to back that up just a little bit because there are some people here that might have uh, heard of Joomla and some might have not. So I want to kind of okay. give breadth of everything. So Joomla is the content management system that runs uh, just under 3% of the entire internet, um, which is a lot of sites. Uh, it's a, it's a older CMS that people know, but it became very popular at, at some point. Um, and Rocket Theme was, I would say, probably the top theme at some point, too. So basically, uh, a lot of companies that were on a Joomla content management system had a decent chance of um, rubbing elbows with the Rocket Theme mm-hmm. uh, template on, on the Joomla system. So it was, it's it's actually, a, when it forked over and it exploded, like it really exploded, it turned into a big thing. Um, the interesting part is you've uh, been part of similar success with Grav where, as you mentioned, you started out and it's like, Hey, I've got this cool little PHP project. Check it out. It's just on GitHub. And the next thing I know, I'm seeing it's nominated for, you know, awards here and there. And, uh, it's really kind of blown up. So, um, before we touch on Trilby, can you tell me a little bit more about the growth of Grav? Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it's kind of exciting, um, and a little bit frightening, um, when you are just sort of browsing around the internet and you'll just come across a page for some product that you own or some service that you use and you see that their website is actually running the platform that, that you built, you know, it's kind of like, whoa, that's cool. Um, and, you know, we, we find out because of the way that um, these kind of um, um, open source platforms work, we don't really have any direct way of tracking who is using it other than some very high level metrics like, you know, download count and things like that. But we don't do any tracking of who's using it. You don't have to pay for it. So there's no process of, of purchasing with registering who you are. So we really just don't know. Um, and really didn't have any idea of, you know, how popular and how widespread it is um, until, uh, you know, a few years later when we sort of um, um, happened to have a, um, a contact with um, a company that tracks those kind of things. One of those, um, you know, what, I forget exactly which one it was, but it was like one of those, um, you know, a sites that sort of tracks the technology stack of websites out there. So they'll tell you, oh, this site's using jQuery and WordPress, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so we found out that, you know, it was on, on over about 15,000 websites. So that was really the first time I knew how big it was. Um, you know, but up to then it was kind of a surprise because, you know, the people that contact us is only a very small percent of the people that are using it. Um, and that also goes for support, you know, on our forums and on our chat, only people that have trouble with it are contacting us. So we don't really have a good idea. Um, but yeah, and we, you know, I got um, notified that, w- that it was featured in a, a German technology magazine, like a printed magazine. It had like a two or three page spread with screenshots and stuff. Um, this uh, German guy took took pictures and trans, you know, translated it for me, uh, which was pretty cool. I mean, it's just like, it's just out there. You know, it's being used by a lot of universities. 
Um, it's also being used in coursework for for um, our universities for you know, web development courses. Um, it's being used by large corporations like you know Microsoft and uh, uh, Goodyear. Um, just the two off the top of my head I could think of. Um, but the, you know, there's a lot of companies that are using it that you know we just don't know that they're using it, but they are. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's just kind of become a thing, and um, you know, it's it it it's a little bit overwhelming sometimes when you sort of realize you know, the responsibility that you have to make sure that the next version is good and doesn't break the previous version. All these sort of things that um, you have to do when your product is widely used. You know, at the start, it wasn't such a concern. We're like, oh, I'm going to break this because I found a better way to do it. You know, you just can't do that anymore. Um, so that's that's just um, you know, just the way you know these things go when when uh, you know a product or or a, you know a project is is popular or, or you know getting more popular. Yeah, and Andy, I can think of two more companies that use Grav, and the first one is Happy Dog, and the second one is our sister company Hoist. So right. both of our um, projects are running on Grav as well. So we have um, some pretty in-depth knowledge on Grav. Um, so. One thing I'll, I'll unpack Grav a little bit because some people as of right now might just know of it as a content management system. You touched on it, that it's a flat file system. And in our experience, that's been hugely beneficial. Yeah. One of the big uh, reasons for that, besides page speed, is the fact that we can track all of the content uh, on a repository. So what that means is... Um, you don't have to mess around with the database anymore. So if you edit a page and you add some words and it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that, you can easily go back to any version you could ever want because it's all tracked in a Bitbucket or a GitHub repository. Uh, on top of that, having it be flat file, it's been ultimately way faster than the other CMSs that we've used before as well. Um, those are two of the, the main reasons we use Grav. It's, it's fast, it's, it's secure, it's... Um, easy to manage, but um, moving sites around is the other advantage as well. Creating development sites and live sites and moving them from one environment to the next, you're really just moving files. You don't exactly. have to set up a database or a user and do all that kind of stuff. So those are the few benefits that we see uh, using Grav, and it's it's night and day compared to other content management systems that we've used. Uh, well, how about on your side? What other... Um, advantages have you seen Grav uh, give businesses that use it for their websites? Um, well, I think that you touched on you know, the primary one, which is the in the flat file nature. Um, that is really, really key for a lot of companies, um, not just for the, uh, for the performance, um, not just for the ability to track everything in source control, which is hugely important, but, but what that actually allows you to do is to really create powerful workflows. So, um, you know, um, for most um, projects of, you know, a, a web development project with a traditional CMS where you have, um, you know, files and you have a database, it's quite cumbersome to, you know, manage a development workflow or, a, you know, a life cycle of, of, that, of that code base because you have to sort of, keep in in sync this you know database structure database content files you know the file content part um all the plugins that you're using any you know all, all of their 
uh, dependencies upon other um, parts of the database and, you know, all of this stuff. Um, this makes it complicated when you're going through the development phase and trying to put it into sort of some kind of a test environment for the client to test against, and then perhaps a staging um, server where perhaps publishers are working on on the content, um, and then you know you know finally a production server. Um, this is a cumbersome process with a traditional CMS because you have to sort of make sure all these parts are synced between everything so if if changes are made on a staging server by publishers you need to be able to get that back to the developer side without losing code changes that the developers made um, this all goes away with that whole flat file and the source control uh, capabilities because you can just sort of be syncing the you know these files and the state of the files is exactly a one-to-one -one state throughout all the life cycle so you know, you can take a zip and you can put it onto your own computer and you have an exact copy of your website and you don't have to worry about things and you can change it and then you just um, copy those files to your production site and now your live site is exactly the same as the development site that you just worked on. So that part is really, really important um, for you know multiple reasons. I think that's um, one of the primary um, reasons why people love Graph so much. Um, there's just a lot of uh, benefits of being file-based. On top of that, I think that um, it's really nice because, you know, Grav is very uh, uh, different from tr traditional CMSs in that it doesn't render any content out of the Grav core. It just sort of, you know, gets the data and sets the data. And then all of the rendering is handled in uh, Twig templates. So if you don't know what Twig is, it's a templating language written uh, for PHP or written in PHP, and it allows you to write HTML with um, simple logic inside that HTML without having to know all the intricacies of PHP and not having all of the security vulnerabilities having PHP code in your uh, templates. Um, so that means that you can basically realize any kind of a design that you can think of. So you're not tied to a certain restriction and um this was very common in the joomla days you know you know um especially and we have a lot of experience with this working with themes is the theme designer would say this is how i want the blog page to look or you know or some content page and then we'd have to say well we'll have to sort of have this part because because it's coming out of joomla is going to be restricted to how it can look it's got to look look like this but we can wrap it with some modules and, and things like that to kind of give it the look that you're doing, but you never really had that full control, you know, because the platform itself was imposing a bunch of limitations. Um, this is kind of the same in all the other platforms out there. Um, but in Grav, we really don't have that uh, um, um, limitation on purpose. I mean, I made it that way because that was a major frustration for me. So it does allow you to do many, many different things. And, you know, it just, a designer can come and say, hey, you know, this is how I want it to look. And with Grab, I say, no problem. I can make it look exactly like that to the pixel if you want. You know, And it's all going to be controllable with custom fields and everything. It's n nothing's hard-coded. It's all going to be dynamic. Um, so you get a ton of flexibility on, on, on how things look. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's become so popular for uh, documentation um, to be used for documentation sites. Like I know... When um, Microsoft Mixer, um, 
it's now been shut down, but it's like a, it was like you know, Microsoft's uh, streaming service. Um, there, um, a documentation for a mixer was written in um, in a graph, which was pretty cool. So you know, they had approached it for for documentation, and I know a bunch of other places that are using it for documentation. Um, you know, funnily, there's a, a a Drupal product that's actually a very popular product, but its uh, documentation actually is written on top of Grav, not Drupal. Um, <laughs> which is pretty cool. So yeah, it's used for documentation because you can really tailor it to that, or you can use it for a traditional website or e-commerce or, you know, there's, there's basically no limits. Um, so that's, you know, um, a second primary feature, I think is it's, is it's absolute flexibility when it comes to, um, to building sites. And then I just think that it's it's easier to use than a lot of those. It doesn't um, it require quite the complexity to develop um, you know, custom logic. So from the Joomla world, you probably know that if you need to do some custom logic, you probably need to develop a component, uh, perhaps some custom modules and perhaps some custom plugins, you know, system plugins and stuff. And these are all have to be set up in a certain way and they have to work with each other with controllers and all this stuff. Um, you know, but in Grav, you could do that if you wanted to, but you don't have to. It's a lot simpler to create custom logic. You know, the plugins are very basic; they're just event-driven, uh, and you can do very minimal stuff and get custom functionality from it, um, which is pretty cool. And you don't have to install plugins; you just—it's just files. So you just create a folder and put some files in it, and then all of a sudden you have a plugin. Okay, you have to follow some some rules, you know, obviously, but um, but it's a lot quicker. Um, okay, so just a case in point, um, yesterday I had some custom work that I had to do for a client and I knew there was a plugin out there and I went to use it and the plugin was completely broken. Um, so I had to create a plugin and I created it in two hours, like to do all the functionality that I needed, um, you know, from scratch. So it wasn't a huge loss, but I mean, if that was in, you know, WordPress or something and you were re- you know, relying on a plugin that didn't work. And then all of a sudden you had to build that custom. I mean, that would dramatically change your, your, um, you know, the time it took to, to develop because you'd have to have to build a custom plugin, and that's you know, quite time intensive. Um, so yeah, so extending it is you know, relatively easy and you know, quite quick to do. Um, so that's you know another major feature. I mean, there's a lot of features. It's got you know multi language uh, built into it, um, which is very powerful. And it's not clumsy like in some other platforms. It, it it was kind of you know built that way from from very much near the start of uh, Grav's development. We've had the multi language built in. Um, so yeah, I mean you know there's a lot more features, but you know, I think you know some of you know those are the key ones. For sure, and you, you hit the nail on the head a bunch of times, and I'm going to go back to one specific thing you were talking about because that's honestly the secret sauce of our design process and technique is uh, the flexibility and the perfect marriage of allowing somebody to edit a page, but not allowing them to wreck the design. So what I mean by that is um, let's say you give, you create a WordPress site, you give it off to your client or company, whatever it is. And say, here's Gutenberg, edit everything you want because you can pretty much do anything in there. And then the next thing you know, Somebody who doesn't have any design background, doesn't know any of the brand standards, any of the fonts, the colors, and doesn't know how pages should be set up, 
they throw 50 videos on a page and put a button way at the bottom and they, everything's getting all screwed up because it's just in the wrong hands and they broke the framework. Um, what Grav allows that same person to do is go on the page and enter in simple fields. What would you like to add? You know, what uh, just in, in free text, what's the heading going to say? What is the content underneath there? What image do you want in the hero section? What image do you want underneath in this in this part and this part and that part? And what that allows the person to do to, is give them the flexibility to edit their content, but not change the design. There's such a big difference in there. Um, going back to the conferences we used to speak at, a lot of times I would speak uh, at the Joomla conferences, for example, about uh, templating or, um, or theming or... Uh, conversions or navigations or things like that. And it always revolved around setting up the page on, on Joomla. And at the end of the day, I'd field questions like, well, we want this module here, but it has to be here. But then we want this section here. And at the end of the day, it's like, well, now we need four modules and a custom fields plugin and two other things. And then if I have to tell them how to edit that, there's five different pages for them to edit the content yeah. for one page. With that was um, um, one of the major things that I um, I'm a disliked about, you know, the Joomla model. Um, you know, it, 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 it was super flexible. Like, you know, you could do a lot of things with it, but it required you jumping around in the admin to, to change a bunch of different places that would eventually affect one page, you mm -hmm. know? So that that's exactly you know, what you're describing is you have to like, you know, set a module to display on, on, on this menu item and you configure it here and perhaps you needed to create a copy because you're using it somewhere else, but it's got slightly different configuration. So it, it, it wasn't intuitive for people to, to be able to pick up, but with Grav mm -hmm. and, and what we do is we generally will um, build a page and that page will be a custom page template and it'll have a, have a custom page uh, blueprint. And the blueprint is our terminology for defining all the custom fields for that page. Um, so that means that the client, you know, or the, you know, the user of the website only has to go to that one page to make changes to pretty much all the important key parts of that one page, rather than having to hop around in all different places. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty cool thing. And I think a lot of platforms have this nowadays, but it wasn't sort of built in at the start. And it's sort of, it's sort of shoehorned in, you know, it, it's like, you know, here's a way of doing things. Um, but it's not the way the platform was intended to be, you know, to do it from the start. It's kind of and like an extra add-on. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, it's an afterthought, really. Um, but for Grav, it was in there from the start, and that's the way we want to do it because that's the way that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Know. And uh, the Happy Dog website, for example, if you look at the homepage, it's very complex. There's um, a custom video animation that's in the hero, and there's some hero text, and then there's marketing text underneath. And then there's logos that show up in three separate different rows on the page. And then there's all sorts of different parts in between. And for us, if we want to edit the content to that homepage, it's literally just one page we edit. There is um, a place where we can upload the, or do the path to the video, enter in the text that goes in the different areas. There's one spot where we upload all the logo files and they kind of show up in three different spots because of that twig logic that you'd mentioned mm -hmm. earlier. So really, if paired with the right company, like Trilby Media, for example, you could really take Grav and pretty much any design 
and make it work perfectly for your business. Now, the caveat to that is you have to trust the agency that's doing it and you have to trust the design. Because um, one thing I want to throw out there is there's sometimes there's clients that want to change all the design and, and companies that want to do that. And that's fine. Grav's intention is more for managing your, your content and allowing the template and the theme and the designers to hold their designs true and have it be more concrete. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. I, I mean, I think so. I think it's, um, you know, it, like it's always, you know, like a balancing act, um, you know, where you're trying to, uh, you know, um, a client will come to you and sometimes you have a client which, you know, trusts you to do whatever you need to do. Those obviously go really easy. Um, and then you've got clients that have ideas that sometimes are good and sometimes, you you know, um, we don't think is good, you know. So there's a little bit of discussion there and some pushback and compromise and all this stuff. And then, you know, um, it gets harder. But, you know, Grav can accommodate it for sure. You know, I mean, no matter which way that it goes, uh, you know. Um, um, okay. I actually have a, a little story. Um, which kind of ties into this, like it kind of um, um, made me think of it. Um, a couple of years ago, um, we were contracted to do a, a prototype site for a, a government uh, department. I won't mention which one it was. Um, to sort of take a, a Drupal site that they already had existing and to just you know develop it from scratch on top of Grav. Um, and we didn't have access to the actual Drupal code um, we had a couple of screenshots of how they administered the the content, and we had the de- the design that they had originally wanted. Um, so we took that, and within a few short weeks, we de- you know we developed the site, and we used um, some custom short codes. Um, and short codes are actually something from the WordPress world. Uh, they may have been from somewhere else first, but I know they're quite popular in, in the world in the WordPress world. But it allows you to do some complex HTML rendering with some short code <laughs> so sort of a square bracket syntax to say something like tabs and then inside of that you have a square bracket syntax that says tab and title equals tab one and then another tab block and then title equals tab two so that will then be uh, rendered in html as tabs with any associated javascript so you can click tabs um so a whole bunch of uh, short codes to make some of their content uh, their custom content simpler, and then you know we um, you know showed them this um, um, a, uh, a demo of the site that we'd built, and they were blown away um, because their current site they have to um, com- communicate with uh, the uh, the developers to make any content changes because there's no way that a layperson could uh, go in there and make changes. They had things like sidebars hard coded. Uh, as as HTML inside the content of each page, so every time you'd have to go in and sort of add this extra um, menu item in HTML if you added like a new page, all of this stuff, um, very very manual, very very much just this big HTML text block that they had to to manipulate. There were no custom fields there at all. Um, in the menus, were very manual. A lot of the functionality from the design they uh, the developers couldn't do because of limitations or perhaps I'm not sure if it was limitations of the platform or limitations of their capabilities, but um, you know, the design didn't really match 
the Drupal site. So we basically made it match exactly with all of the designer's features and functionality that, that uh, she had wanted. Um, and they were super you know, blown away by this whole thing. It was just uh, political <laughs> machinations up higher that you know, basically said, you know, we're using Drupal, we're going to stick with uh, Drupal um, no matter you know, what that sort of stopped that project going further. But um, we we sort of, you know, nailed it. So I always think of that one as, you know, a great example of what a, what a grab can do, even though technically it didn't come to fruition. Um, like it wasn't because of what we did, because the whole team that, that we showed it to were like, wow, this is going to make our life so much easier. It's developed in a fraction of, of the time that the original Drupal site was developed. It's so much easier to maintain. It's so it's so clear and like obvious how to how to do things. It's just the simple uh, syntax we have now and custom fields for things that are, you know, uh, that don't need to be in the main content area. Just all of this stuff that we did. Plus, it was way faster. It was simple to deploy. It required less hardware to, uh, you know, run it. Like instead of a, a big you know, multi-core server with, you know, varnish cache on in front and a separate database server. It was just hosted on a very lightweight um, a VPS and it was blazing fast compared to their Dru- uh, Drupal solution. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where you can really um, show, you know, what a difference um, a grav can make. And, and, you know, that was a great example where we took an existing site and just sort of redid it, you know, on top of grav. So that's a great, that's a great success story. And we love success stories here. And yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, you hinted on the migration of going from one CMS to the other. And, and you also hinted on that the businesses can be scared to move from one platform to a new platform because there's this conception that it's this massive undertaking because they're basically married to their content management system. So if they've been on WordPress for nine years and somebody comes running by, hey, there's this graph thing, you should check it out. The first conception is, oh, this is going to take just an extraordinary amount of time and money to migrate yeah. to something like Grav. Um, I would venture to say that's patently false, that it's not a scary move to go from a different platform to Grav. In fact, I think you might even have, there might even be some uh, plugins or extensions for certain content management systems that actually helps migrate their content even faster over to Grav. So in your opinion, what's the migration process like? How easy is it for a business to go from their existing platform over to Grav? Yeah, I mean, it's it's generally not that hard. Um, it sort of depends upon your content. Um, you know, there are sites that we've worked on that have a ton of content, um, you know, thousands of, of um, you know, blog posts, for example. Um, migrating that is just time consuming, um, because you can do it the easy way, which is basically, um, get the data out of the uh, database and dump that straight into a, uh, you know, a, a flat file. So each page inside of uh, grav is a separate markdown file. So it's a separate file for each page. Um, and that the content um, can be HTML. Um, so we can take, you know, the HTML content straight out of a, a Drupal site, for example, and stick it into this markdown file. So the HTML is there, 
but we don't like to do that. So when we do it, we normally don't um, export the content from the from the platform uh, directly. We normally take it right off of the web page. So uh, from the view, you know, from the from the from the website, we'll copy and paste the content, and then we'll manually mark that up inside of of uh, of the of the of the markdown page with just markdown syntax so we will move their content from this html format which is sort of like uh, you know riddled with um bad html and hard-coded styles and all this other stuff that that is a you know a legacy of using a a um wizzy wig in the in the true html fashion where you give everybody control to write whatever html they want even though they don't know that they're writing html they're just highlighting things and selecting stuff from the toolbar that is actually saved as html which is then in this sort of pre-rendered state um and then it's kind of hard to manipulate so we like to migrate to a a cleaner markdown solution um which can be time intensive if they've got a ton of content um but for the most part, companies don't have that many pages, and it's really not that bad. Uh, for example, for that uh, for that um, 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 a government project that I was just talking about, they had about I don't know a hundred pages, and that wasn't that time consuming to do because it's just sort of copy paste, and then you're just marking up things like hyperlinks and titles and stuff like that. And then when there was some more complex stuff, we just converted those into short codes. So those short codes we could just copy and paste. And um, you know, reuse them quite a bit, and just make changes to the content. But copying and pasting is actually really quite a fast way of porting. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're cleaning up their entire site, so you're getting you know you're, um, rid of all that legacy crud that has built up over the years on that other platform, and you're starting kind of with its fresh, lean version of something. So it is scary um, sometimes for you know clients that are switching to to another platform. And it's mainly because you know, people just don't like change. You know, they get used to something. Even if it doesn't work well, it's cumbersome. They learn how to work around those, those roadblocks um, and they get comfortable with it. So even though it's not a good solution in many, many ways, they don't want to change because they don't like to learn something new, you know? But if you show them something that's just so much easier to, uh, to work with, then, you know, sometimes that can... You know, tip them over that, over that 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 tipping point where they're saying, "Okay, I'm I'm starting to get more comfortable with the idea of change because of the benefits are so great. You know, it's going to be so much faster. It's going to be so much easier to maintain. We've got all the benefits that we discussed before, like the, you know, the source control and the portability and all that stuff. Um, so it just sort of you know depends on on the client and how how willing to change they are. And sometimes large corporations, you know, governments, they don't like to change no matter what. I mean, you could show them the most amazing thing in the world costing no money and they still wouldn't do it because it's change. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and they have to get change approved, you know, and that's got to go all the way up um, quite frequently. But it's it's generally not a, a, a massive thing. I, I think it's easier to... Uh, port a site to grab than say from WordPress to Joomla. That would be very difficult. Um, it's really not that hard because of the flexibility that we have in the templating and and the way that we you know handled the 
the content in these files. Um, you know, it's you know we've never had a problem apporting a site. Um, you know, in all these years, I mean, it's just it's just something that you do, and it's it's very doable. We started off with tools, but we ended up not using the tools because those tools were basically trying to take the structure that was often bad. You know, uh, you know, the site was poorly uh, designed before because it was working around the limitations of of some CMS they were previously using. So rather than trying to port it, we just sort of rebuilt it. Um, and I don't think it takes more time, and you end up with a much, you know, a much more superior solution because it's sure. being basically redeveloped from scratch. Yeah, and um, another aspect of of that too that I'm sure people are curious about security because when we've worked with clients in every content management system there's a time or a website gets hacked and i've seen them yeah. hacked in drupal i've seen them hacked in wordpress i've seen them hacked in joomla um, from our personal experience over dozens of sites we've not seen one graph site hacked and now that could be security through obscurity that yeah. the numbers aren't sure. as high as the other but i'm sure there are also some security measures that are in place, um, even just due to the nature of it being a flat file system. But I'm curious from from your perspective, from being a, the founder of Grav, like what uh, what can you say about the security of it? Um, yeah, security is something we take very very seriously, um, and we have ever since the start. And one of the main things that I can point to uh, to say, you know, Grav has a standout security feature is that. Um, you don't need the web UI, you know, to administrate your site, and you certainly don't need it to run your site. So that is actually a, a totally optional plugin. So if you go to the Grav uh, website and you go to download Grav, there are actually two options. There's a download Grav Core and a download Grav Core plus the UI side of things, um, and that's because a lot of people don't run with the web. UI, because that that actually is probably the um, most likely way to hack into a site, because you've got this username and password login, and once you're in there, you have access to administrate the site, right? And it's the same with WordPress, Joomla, Drupal, all of these CMSs. You have to admin the site through this UI because the content is ultimately stored inside of a database, and you can't just access in the database easily you needed some kind of of a ui on top of it um but for grav you don't and because they're flat files you can actually you know administrate your site just th through the files and you know um you know a, a visual studio code or you know, whatever you want to do to actually open up the files and change your content or and this kind of goes back to the whole um i'm a life cycle thing i was i was talking about earlier you can have a site for your staging server that has this 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 you know UI for your users to be able to, you know for your publishers and content creators to be able to log into admin and um, create and modify content, but then you could push those files to the production website that doesn't have the admin. And if you don't have the admin, then you've got a, a, this major security you know, vulnerability just not there. So it will be you know secure. Um, from you know from that side of things and then on top of things you know we use twig for for templating where quite a few cmss still use php as their templating language and php is obviously very powerful but 
it's um, it allows you to put PHP code into your uh, templates. So if you were hacked and you could inject some PHP code, you're going to be you know wide open. And you know for Grav, it's it's much harder to do that because Twig adds that security level. And in fact, and now we we actually turn on the um, you know the the uh, you know the 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 toggle so your html is actually not going to be rendered unless you explicitly tell it to be raw html so it's like an extra level of of security on the templating um you know so there's that um the other major thing that's an advantage is in the wordpress world for example and i always pick on wordpress i'm sorry wordpress um <laughs> but uh, uh, people build sites based on tons of plugins and this happens in the joomla world too so you know, to get all the functionality that you want, you're not going to create that from 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 scratch usually. So you just install all these plugins, and these plugins are often poorly written, have uh, security problems, um, may not be updated as frequently as you would like. So you may you know be stuck on an older version of some plugin, and that's got some security hole that's become widespread and well known, and now that's a hole into your website. You know, that's an attack vector. Um, on the grab side of things, we try not to use plugins unless we have to. Um, and plugins are much simpler, so they're usually not as likely to have a vulnerability because the complexity is less. Um, we also have created a whole bunch of plugins um, as part of the Troby, um, I'm sorry, as part of the, you know, the Grav core team. So you know, we have hundreds of uh, plugins that we maintain and we know that those are much more secure than the average, you know, third-party uh, developer because we understand the platform and you know the best practices to use and everything. Um, you know, so most plugins and are are not going to be third-party, um, and and quite frequently you don't need to create a plugin. You can just do some custom logic inside of your theme, for example, or you can create your own custom plugin to do a little bit of logic uh, without having to rely on a third-party one. So that's another way. That, you know, Grav is often much more secure. Um, and I think a lot of people come to us from the WordPress world, for example, because they've got into a situation where their site can't be updated because of a plugin that can't be updated for some reason. It's not, you know, it's not compatible with a newer version or perhaps it's not compatible with a certain, a compatible with a certain version of PHP. So they're sort of stuck in this state where their site is old and it's getting older and there's security vulnerabilities that have been discovered that, they can't fix because they can't update, you know, to the patched versions. Um, mm -hmm. So they're kind of stuck in that 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 situation because they're held hostage by, you know, some plugin that they are relying on. Um, that generally doesn't happen in the grab world because it's sort of, I mean, generally speaking, it's much more compatible with with updates and, um, you know, plugins. You know, seem to maintain their compatibility because they're less complex. Um, you know things like that. So, some good information on yeah, some uh, secure... you know, quite a few ways. It's it you know this the security is enhanced for sure, for sure. And I don't want it to sound like this is just a giant advertisement for Grav and all the other content management systems suck. Uh, they there are times <laughs> there are good ones out there for sure. There's other good ones out there, and um, you know, for example, WordPress has come a long way. I remember it when it first started out, and it was just a blog system and it's yeah they've they've evolved in their own fashion um and 
I'm not trying to make this like this big commercial for Grab, but I am serious when I say this. It is one of our secret ingredients because of all the things we have talked about. So we're, I'm, I'm trying to run an informational podcast, but it's very truthful that it's um, it's that powerful, that secure, that fast, and it's that good. So um, that being said, I'm this is the point in the podcast where I'm going to pivot, Andy, to talk about you personally, if that's fine. And there's a, a section that we do on every in every podcast, <laughs> a, I call it a lightning round. So what I'm going to do is kind of ask you five questions. There's no such thing as a wrong answer. Just kind of okay. tell me the first thing that pops into your head. Now I'm stressed. And... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little pressure. You'll, you'll do just fine. Uh, are you ready to, to do the lightning yeah. round? Okay. Let's do it. First one's super easy. So what is your favorite food? Um, Thai food. Ooh, spicy okay. Thai food. Mm-hmm. Spicy. Nice. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I, I'm a big spicy uh, Thai food fan myself, so that's good. So are you a fan of curry? Uh, yes. dishes then? Okay. Yeah, I like all kinds of um, hot and spicy food, but um, probably Thai is my favorite, though. Ah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. All right, second question. Favorite place that you've traveled to? Um, I travel a, a, quite a lot, um, so this is kind of tricky. Um, I would say um, Kenya, and I have a couple of reasons. One is kind of a cheat because I was actually um, born there um, and my parents were working there when I was born. So I have this affinity to it, but I, I hadn't been back in many, many years. And I took my family back a few years ago and we did a, a safari. And it probably was, you know, because of of my history there that I just loved it so much. But the people were so nice, so friendly. Um, we had so much fun. We saw so much cool stuff you know on the on the safari and it was just amazing and i'll never forget it and i think that my whole family like really loved it and we talk about going back and obviously um you know someday we would love to love to do that but um yeah i was sort of worried that you know going back after so many years i had these faint memories of when i was a child there but you know going back as an adult with a family um i was worried that it wouldn't live up to my to my expectations, but it totally did and blew it away. That's good. That's, that's an awesome answer. All right. Uh, moving along. This one's could be a tricky one. See how your memory is. Do you remember what your first ever smartphone was? Like smartphone, like, like kind of like with a big screen. Yeah. The one that you could, uh, let's yeah, I guess go through uh, the first smartphone that you remember having. It was the original iPhone. I was, I, I was, um a mac user um i've I've been a mac user since about 2005 i don't know when did tiger come out i I don't know but it was around then i my first computer was a mac pro with tiger and that was just released um or my first mac yeah so um so ever since then i've kind of been in that mac uh world and um i was very excited about the you know the original iphone when it came out obviously it was severely limited that original version um i still actually have it and i still um use it as a clock so i just sort of keep it charged and i use it i kind of reach for it and i use it as a clock and that's all i really use it for these days but but the battery lasts a week <laughs> you know <laughs> just you know just as a clock so it's just it's just kind of cool um that's, that's crazy. 
Yeah. And you were right. It's April 29th of 2005. Okay. Wow. Good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was my first smartphone. I was kind of late to the whole like mobile phone thing. Um, I wasn't one of those people that carried a mobile phone when they were, you know, still large. Um, I, I can remember that I had a Motorola razor. Oh, I remember the razors. Yeah. So that was the other phone I had prior to that. All right. Next question. If Christmas was tomorrow and Santa could bring you anything, what would it be? Oh, um, can I ask for things that don't exist yet? (laughs) Sure. You can answer any way you want. I would like to get a new, uh, 16 inch MacBook pro with the M two, three, four, five, whatever chip. Um, okay. Yeah. Cause, uh, I love my Macs and I love my, my MacBook pro, but, um, my little MacBook air that I picked up, like the base model MacBook air just blows me away on how awesome it is. <laughs> I just want that for my main computer. Cool. All right. Last question. What does your future hold? Um, well, as my future is kind of wrapped up in Grav, it's mainly about Grav. Um, we're, we're just sort of focusing at, at, at the moment on, um, some premium products that, that, that we release for Grav, um, some, some cool plugins and themes. So we're going to do some more of those, uh, some more premium products. Um, we're just um, getting Grav 1.7 stable, which we released in January. So that's the big um, you know, version that we've been working on for over two years. has a lot of cool functionality in it. Um, so getting that stable. And then the really exciting part um, for us is to, to begin uh, working on, on Grav 2, which is going to be a major, effectively a rewrite. You know, we'll, we'll port over functionality from, the, from, from our current Grav 1 code base, but we want to sort of have this as an opportunity to sort of take everything that we've learned um, over the years and, you know, distill it into a new version um, and make that much more of a, um, uh, a, a headless CMS. So, I mean, in there will be, you know, the admin still and all those things, but we want it to be able to be more uh, headless and more flexible in in how it's used. I know that um, um, you guys use it in a very headless way by basically using it as your content management and then you, you know, render everything in uh, JavaScript. Um, but to do that you know, with an API you know, rather than just your custom uh, JSON uh, data that you're probably using today. So having a much more structured um, um, API level on top of it. Okay. So that's yeah. what we're excited to, to work on next. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. We we use Nuxt JS for um, uh, generating the JavaScript static site, which is blazingly fast. But um, if we ever need to add, let's say, a blog post or a podcast or anything like that, we just hop into Grav, boom, it's done. So it, it works out really well. So Andy, it's it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Uh, Grav is again, it's awesome. I highly recommend looking into it. Uh, but if you are more curious about Grav and you want an agency to help you out, who better than the company that actually wrote it? So how would people get in touch with you, Andy, if they had questions? Um, yeah, the simplest way is just to go to uh, trilby.media or trilbymedia.com if your brain thinks in .coms. Um, yeah, and then on there, we just have a contact form. You can easily reach out to us. 
um, if you need that sort of help or if you or if you want to just experiment with a grab and try it out then we have ways of of reaching us there you know through our, our, our discord chat which is um on the top of the getgrav.org website there's a link to it and you can join the discord chat and i know you know, ryan's in there a lot too so um a lot of people are there um you know, we're there we can help you out you can chat with us ask us you know stuff about grab or whatever it's just a place to be Perfect. Andy, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate my time with you. Uh, have Thanks. a good rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much.